you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Very excited for this. Um, Today, we have a special guest. Uh, You are out of Arizona right now, originally born in LA. What's up, Brian? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Brandon? What's up, brother? Fabulous, yes. So, grew up in LA, currently living in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Actually, I was born in a small town in Louisiana. only lived there for a few months and then uh, moved out. But yeah, I was I was actually born in a small town in Louisiana called uh, Lafayette. Okay, very yeah. cool. Good stuff. You know, I actually have uh, I, I have some friends over there that are crushing it in real estate in that area. Yeah, I was looking at a multifamily over there. It didn't happen, but I really, really, really wanted to uh, yeah. a multifamily in the town that I was born. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah, my friend uh, Chris Rude, he, he was on the podcast uh, earlier a few months ago, and he, he crushes it in that area. So, small world, right? <laughs> cool. So, so, uh, so why did you jump into real estate? Uh, real estate was honestly the, the best way that I found that I could make money legally while you being able to use the skill sets that I have. Um, as, as you mentioned, I grew up in LA. I actually grew up in the South side of LA. Um, I was there for the Rodney King riots for all those, you know, all those things that uh, South LA is famous for. So I didn't really come from money. I, I, I wasn't educated. Um, but I knew the streets and I knew how to talk and I knew how to sell. Uh, and, and once I found out what real estate was specifically when I found out about wholesaling, that's when I was like, man, I could do this. Fuck. I mean, shit. And then I saw I can really, I could make up money because that's really what wholesaling is. Um, I'm like, I could make up money. And if I can turn this piece of paper right here to a check right over here, you're, you're, I could do that. And it's fucking legal and nobody's going to take this money from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's why I got into real estate. I, I remember growing up, uh, my parents are Guatemalan, uh, in the area of LA, pretty much all, everybody that we knew was poor. Um, every all of our neighbors, everybody in church, everybody, our whole world was pretty much poor. Yep. And the only person that I remember having any type of money was one of my mom's friends, um, his uh, mother. So she used to be a real estate agent, mm. and I just remember that she used to live in a gated community with a with a house, and they had a pool and. You know, we didn't have any of that. I mean, community pools in LA were, that, that was a luxury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in my neighborhoods, most of the time they weren't working. So seeing somebody with a pool in their house, two story and a gated community, um, I, it always, I was like, man, real estate is, I'm going to look into that when I grow older. And once I found out that I could actually wholesale, I didn't have to go the traditional realtor route. Um, I, I was, I was hooked. Yeah, that's awesome. So how long have you been in the game right now? I've been in real estate since 2006. 2006, okay. 12 years, yes. So when the whole crash happened and everything, you know, where did you find yourself? Oh, I lost my ass. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I started, uh, I was doing pre foreclosures at that time. So the very first, my very first experience with real estate was door knocking. Okay. Now, um, you got to understand that, as I said, I was from the streets and I didn't take on that, uh, that hustling mentality with selling drugs, but I did start doing sales and it was more of a grimy, gritty business to business, outdoors type sales. So I wasn't afraid to go up to people. Um, I, I found somebody that was going to do real estate, and then they introduced me to the concept of door knocking. Uh, but back then, as I said, we were in a pre-foreclosure. So the reason why I say that is because my market crashed before everybody else's market. So by the end of 2007 or so, I was already losing my ass. By 2008, I had to go back to work a regular job for a year. And by 2009, I said, fuck this shit. I'm never <laughs> <laughs> corporate America ever again. Yeah. Okay. But so, yeah, during, during the crash though, I, I had to learn um, specifically how to wholesale deals. And because the market had crashed, there was opportunity everywhere. And that's what I love about real estate is, is there are always opportunity. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, there's so many different ways to, um, I, I always have like several backup plans, you know, the A is ideal. And then if that doesn't work, then I always got, you know, B, C and D just in case. So there, there is so many different ways to, you know, well, with real estate, you know, with real estate, you don't have to have knowledge. You just have to be creative. That's right. And that's one of the, one of the things that my mentor taught teaches me all the time is that it doesn't take money to make money. It takes creativity to make money. That's right. And, and you don't have to come from money. And, you know, the, the, it takes money to make money is a lie put out to the masses to keep them poor because most people don't have money. Yes. Most people are like, well, I don't have the knowledge and I don't have the money. So I guess I'm stuck working at this shitty job that I fucking hate <laughs> and I have to take it. Right. Um, so, yeah, that, that real estate allowed you the possibility to that. But as you said, there's always different options and you can always get creative. And if the door doesn't exist, most of the time you can fucking make, you can make a door. You gotta you make find it. find a yeah. way to create a door. So yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly what I love about real estate. Um, not only does is the financial aspect of it great, but for me it's more the mental aspect of the creativity. How can I, it's like a puzzle to me, you know, how can I make this, this deal fit and how can I put all these pieces together? Yeah. Makes it a little challenge. So it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you mentioned uh, a couple, a couple like really great things when it comes down to people having that mindset. You know, it, it takes money to make money, and and jumping into wholesaling as well. Um, you know, I have so many people reach out to me on a daily basis that that believe that 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 acknowledge real estate is the key to, um, you know, a solid foundation or you know, getting their financial freedom, but. They, they believe that they need a ton of money before they actually jump in. And, and I was one of those people. Of course. I believed that I needed to get a license. Yeah. So I, so I remember I went through the whole realtor yep. process and went to go. I never actually took my tests. At the end, I was like, ah, I don't need this shit. Yeah. Uh, but initially, I did. And then I thought I needed to have a lot of money. That's why when I found out about wholesaling, I was like, I don't need uh, money. So here in Arizona, we use, uh, and, and you can use this, there, there's a version of this across the United States. So wherever you guys are at, you, you look it up, but there's something called an option contract. Mm -hmm. And an option contract basically states that you have the option to buy this property, but it doesn't legally tie you to buy the property. Now, in the, every state is different for the amount, but in the state of Arizona, 
the legally binding amount to make an option contract legal is one dollar. So I could I could go say hey Brandon uh, you're a seller hey Brandon I'm gonna I you know here's the thing is I can buy your property let me give you this option contract basically says that I have the option to purchase this property at this at this price for this amount of time um, here you go here's your dollar it makes it legal now I can take this piece of paper and turn around and say hey Joe you're an investor you're flipping houses I got this property at this deal and I'm willing to sell it to you at this price. And I'll make the spread. So whether that be a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars, it doesn't fucking matter as long as the person buying it agrees to it. So wholesaling, when I found out that I could do that, yeah. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> because yeah. I didn't have any money. Here's the thing: <coughs> if I had money, I would have probably spent it in a bunch of stupid shit. Um, I, I remember sitting up late at night watching the Carlton Sheep infomercials, buy real estate, pull money out and all this crap. Had I had money, I would have bought those programs. You know, thinking about it, it was probably a hundred or a few hundred dollars, whatever it was back then. Um, but I didn't have that money. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I used to go to the meetings. There is a, um, there's a company now called Renatus back yep. then it was called uh, Nuvarish. Yep. Well, they uh, hold these meetings and, and they, they charge you for that stuff. And had I had the money, I would have, I would have bought into it, but I didn't have the money. So when I found out that I could get into the business with no money through the concept of wholesaling, that, that was like, that was the, the map to me. That, that was the start of my adventure in the real estate world. Yeah. So I definitely want to talk about the education, like where you found your education or how you got there. But I do want to go back. Um, when you mentioned giving, you know, a dollar for the, the earnest money, um, which is kind of just like a holding deposit of, uh, you know, tying up the contract. Are you giving that directly to the, the seller or are you tying that up with, you know, taking the contract, taking the dollar and uh, starting the process with the title company? Oh, no, no, no. That's just with, just with the seller. With the seller, okay. Yeah, you don't you don't record an option contract, so it doesn't do any any good. Um, I'll give you guys a tip because I've been wholesaling for many many years. Even though I did fix and flips for the last few years, even though I do multifamily now, I still wholesale uh, yeah. from time to time. So the concept is still the same, Mister Seller. You need to sell. I got an option contract here. Let me. Um, I need to give you this contract. Let's sign it now. The way that I tell them is, I say, look, this this contract gives me the option to buy it. With this contract, I'm able to, to contact title, have them run a title report, and, and let me know if everything's going to be copacetic. Mm -hmm. In reality, what I'm doing is I'm taking that time to then go around and shop that property and sell it to somebody else. So, yeah, I give them the dollar, the seller, I give them the dollar to make it legally binding. Yeah. So, I, I, once I, I, I find the buyer, then I put in the, then I put in the earnest money with, uh, with title. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think like an awesome way because um, at the end of the day, you're really solving these people's problems yes. and and you're really, you know, making it a lot easier for them because typically they're in a bad situation, whatever it may be, you know, you got the lead, you built the relationship with the people, uh, with the sellers and, and you know, you're, you're working out this deal, you're solving their problem. So, you know, a really great tactic I think to use is just, you know, jumping in and saying, you know, I'm either going to buy this or, or I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with this. I'm either going to buy this myself or I have, uh, you know, a bunch of other partners, a bunch of other investors 
communication that, uh, you know, a group, a community that, that I can reach out to. And one of these guys might be able to, you know, either partner up with me or take the property themselves. And then uh, nine times out of 10, you know, the, the seller, they're, they're not thinking you're going to be making a ton of money or anything in between. They're, they're just thinking, you know, you're being upfront, you're being honest and, and you're helping solving their problem. So it's, uh, and that, that's the key when it comes to wholesaling. I, you know, I teach my students when it comes to wholesaling that it's not about um, somebody wanting to sell. Yeah. You need to find somebody who needs to sell. That's a whole different level of motivation. And at yeah, this motivation. point, you are solving a problem. And, and, and a lot of times people look at people like us and say, oh, well, you're taking advantage of somebody's situation. That's so fucked up. How can you be making money? But if you need to sell a property and you say, look, I'm willing to take this amount, and I need it fast, then I'm going to be solving your problem. It doesn't matter how much money I'm fucking making or if I'm making any. You don't care as a seller. So a lot of times with the sellers, uh, you know, depending on the sellers, some sellers are finicky. Some sellers are, are very like, I don't want anybody making a dollar off them. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Um, nonetheless, though, we're still solving their problem. So when you, when you show up and you solve somebody's problem, you know, the, 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 the definition of an entrepreneur is a problem solver for a profit. That's right. You, you're, you're solving people's problems to get paid on there. And, and the biggest important thing about this is that you are solving people's problems. That's right. You got to think about it. If you are a wholesaler, you're going to make your money by selling it to an investor. Now, an investor isn't going to pay full price because he still, he or she still needs to make a profit. Of course. So you need to get it below the price that, they would be willing to pay for it so you can make the market. In order for you to get a deal like that, there's got to be some level of motivation, some extreme level of motivation on the back end, which is normally some financial stress or normally death or something like that, divorce, uh, some, some type of stress within that situation. And most people, because most people aren't very good with money, their biggest investment, the, the biggest way that they can get money is real estate. Yeah. So you, you know, you, Brandon, you may have a piece of crap property over here in Phoenix that your grandma left after you died. And you're like, fuck it. I'm living in sunny San Diego. Why the fuck do I want to go to 120 degree weather right now? Um, I approach you and I say, Hey man, I'm willing to take this piece of shit down. Uh, yeah. You're not doing anything with it. The city's on your ass. You got to pay taxes. You're constantly like having people break in and do this and that. You're like gladly willing to sell that property. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what I make as long as you get what you want out of it. That's and right. that's, I think that's the great portion of, of wholesaling is that you get to solve people's problems and still make a profit. You know, I just did a deal right now and I made 10 grand and I, I took my son and my nephew out because I'm teaching them the business. My nephew's 17, my son's 15. And I put it out there because dude, it doesn't matter how old you are. Anybody could do this shit. It's not rocket science. But I was telling him, I was like, look, man, if I can't sell it for 10 grand, I'll partner with somebody and we'll split that and we'll, I'll, I'll make five. If I can't sell it for five, I got a guy that I know for a fact will buy it for 2000 more than I do it. And worst case scenario, I make a thousand dollars. Yeah. But I make a thousand dollars for talking to a seller, driving to a property, taking a few pictures, talking to a few of my buyers. That's about an hour or two of my time. Yeah. Uh, even in worst case scenario, uh, once you are, know how to get into the wholesale game, 
it's definitely definitely a great way to get into and start making some money in real estate with very little risk of course yeah i definitely always highly recommend i i personally didn't start off with wholesaling in the beginning but anybody if i would have started over i would have definitely started with wholesaling um and i recommend everybody you know newbies getting started jump into wholesaling because you get all aspects of of the deal um you learn well, how to find the deal you learn how yeah, to. I was, I was taught that way specifically. Yeah. So if you if you don't know shit about real estate, right? Yeah. You come in and you let's say that you say let's say that you were not like me. Let's say that you you were good at saving money. You came, your family left you some money. You had some money to play with to get into the business. You don't know what a good deal is or not. Yeah. You think everything's a fucking good deal. Yeah. If you went, if you went to one of these gurus or one of these programs and paid ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, now you're itching to make your money back. You got to make your investment back, and that's where I see a lot of people make mistakes. Is that they don't understand the game, they don't understand the actual numbers behind it. So as a wholesaler, you don't take that risk. Yeah. You lock it up under an option contract. If worst case scenario, let's say that let's say that I locked up your property or a hypothetical property here in Phoenix, and I locked it up for a hundred grand, thinking that I could sell it for a hundred and ten or whatever. And yeah. I'm putting it out to all my investors and everybody's like, dude, I wouldn't pay you more than 80,000 for that shit. Like, dude, you're smoking crack. Had I had the money, I would have probably bought it at that 100,000 thinking it's a good deal. Yeah. But as a wholesaler, you're not taking that risk. So if I sign the option contract with you and the time expires, I say, you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't able to, to come through with, with the contract or my money wasn't able to come through or I wasn't able to whatever, you know, whatever I need to tell the seller but I can, I can easily back out that the option contract is not binding. And, and you have that way to learn. So you get to, I, I tell people, you get to earn while you learn while you're doing wholesale. Yeah. You, if anybody, like for example, if anybody's a wholesaler right now and you have a deal, hit me up. I'll let you know if it's a good deal or not. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not, here, to, I, I'm not here to sugarcoat your feelings. So <laughs> You're looking at it the wrong way. I mean, like, look, dumbass, here's what it is. Yeah. Or it might be something that you don't know. Hey, look, there's a power line right behind it. Um, this property, yes, but it's, it's, it's facing a main street or it's facing a busy street or it's backing up to an apartment complex or it's backing up to a shopping center or yeah. hell, it's backing up to a main road. There's a lot of different factors that, that can determine value. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, having – having no money is actually sometimes your best value because then you have no choice but to do the wholesaling or same thing when it comes down to a flip if you're borrowing money from a hard money lender you know if you're shopping around and, and you can't get a hard money loan and all these hard money lenders are like no I'm not gonna I won't lend on that property it's not a good deal then you know that that's not a good deal like if nobody else will lend to you and if no other investor will buy your wholesale property then that's not a good deal so you got to keep, you know, searching around and luckily, you know, they, they have the clauses in there to be able to back out or, you know, the expiration date of uh, the time. Um, and a lot of times, I mean, even if you don't use an option contract, if you're using a standard uh, purchase contract, you can, you can always put uh, certain ways to get in there. They're called weasel clauses. But yeah. Basically, they're just, you know, like inspection periods or different scenarios where you could be like, hey, you know what, I decided not to, or even, you know, coming to them and say, Hey, you know, I really wanted to buy it, but I couldn't get my financing in place. My lenders wouldn't lend on this. Uh, are you willing to renegotiate? So you always have that option. But the best thing that ever happened to me was in real estate specifically was that I had no fucking money to start. With. Oh yeah. 
like you said, I didn't have an option. I needed to be creative. I needed to find these creative ways. And just, I tell my students all the time, the easiest, best way to get into real estate with the least amount of money invested and the least amount of risk in your part is gonna be wholesaling. And hell, I even take it a step further. I teach all my students how to wholesale without using any marketing money. And we can talk about that some other time, but um, that, that's a whole different thing that we teach, a different skill set. Nonetheless, it goes back to creativity. Yep. You, you creativity. So if somebody here might be listening or watching to the podcast and might be like, well, you know, I don't have any money. Uh, I don't come from nowhere. I don't do anything. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I didn't show up dressed up. That's why I fucking cuss all the time. I'm very open about my medicinal use. I'm very open about my, my, my uh, history and everything that I did. Because as I mentioned, uh, you know, I always mention on our show, the AZ Flip guys, yep. I'm just an ordinary guy doing extraordinary things. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and the, the important part of that for the person listening is ordinary guy. My parents are fucking immigrants. My mom still cleans toilets to this day. Uh, I think she's a cafeteria lady and about to retire here shortly. Um, my dad passed away not too long ago. He probably had less than a thousand dollars in his bank account. Everybody that we knew was still poor. I didn't come from money. Um, I didn't come from education. I didn't. I couldn't ask my uncle to let me borrow. I couldn't ask my mom to help me out of a situation. So I had to come up with these creative ways. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're hoping to get into the business and you're just like, well, I don't. Look like this, or I don't think the the thing. But I used to be scared going up to these wholesale deals when I first started because I was driving a shitty Saturn Ion, bro, and it, and it was shitty. Like, I mean, just the car itself was shitty anyway. But <laughs> mine was like a shitty version of that uh, Saturn Ion. And I, I'm gonna go up to somebody and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna pay you cash for your house." Yeah. And and I used to get all embarrassed in my head and be like, "Dude, they're gonna look at my car and they're gonna be like, oh man." How do you have money? Like your car barely starts out there. What do you mean you have money? But when you meet the people and they're in the situation and they need to sell, they don't care what you're driving. They don't care what you're doing as long. And they don't even care if it's your money or not. Yeah. As long as they're able to get the solution that they want to. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the wolf in your head is always worse than the wolf in real life. Mm. And for you out there listening and you want to get into the game, definitely consider wholesaling. That's what I was teaching my son. That's what I was teaching my, my nephew. You know, worst case scenario, you can always wholesale something for, for a few thousand dollars. Yeah. You go on, find somebody else, find somebody else's problem. Out. So I, I want to talk about education. You know, how you actually got to where you are today, what kind of education or who guided you, mentored you, whatever it may be that actually led to um, all your success so far. But really quickly, just a just a question that I had um, kind of a few minutes ago. When it comes down to um, actually completing the transaction, are you doing double closings for the most part or? Um, uh, no, we, here we mainly do assignment fees. Assignment um, fees. On this last deal, I had to do a double close because the seller refused to, to see an assignment fee. Yeah, so that, the seller didn't want you to get paid at all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so. They were like, basically, you're the, you're the end buyer or I'm not selling it to you. And I was like, that's fine, whatever. So I, I, I did a double close. I just ended up closing it. And I, I do this all the time. Most of the time, what I do is I'll do an assignment contract. So for example, if I were to have a, um, if I, you were my seller, I would approach you first. I would give you my option contract. 
I would call title, be like, hey, um, I got this deal. I'm going to be opening up escrow soon. I'm going to be wholesaling it. Uh, can you just run a prelim for me? Just make sure everything's all right. Make sure, try to find out how much they owe. And then I, I start wholesaling it. I start pitching it out to different people. I find a buyer. I say, here you go, man. Here's the, um, you, you're willing to buy it? Awesome. Here's my assignment contract to you. So my assignment contract states that I bought, I'm buying the property from Brandon at $100,000 and I'm selling it to you for one hundred and ten. Yeah. Sometimes the assignment contract, if you don't want your buyers to know what you're making, you could just put net 110 so it does, they don't care. Or sometimes I, the way that I do it because all my buyers or all my people, I'm like, dude, if you care what I make, then go fuck yourself. As long as the numbers work for you, like it doesn't yeah. matter. So I'll put it on there. I'll just put, you know, um, you're paying me an assignment fee of 10000 20000 or 5000 2000 whatever, whatever that amount is. So we put in the as assignment contract, then I go back to the buyer. I mean to the seller and I say, Hey, guess what? Everything came out great in title. We got the actual purchase contract. Uh, here's, here's the amount of earnest that I'm going to put down, which is basically whatever I negotiate with my buyer. Yeah. My buyer buy, signs the assignment, sends that to title. I sign the purchase, send that to title. Title takes care of everything. And at the end, I just get paid a check. Now, what is the average um, type of, you know, assignment fee that, that you can typically see? Anywhere from like two thousand to twenty thousand, you're kind of mentioning. Uh, I would, I would probably say that would be the average for for most people. That that's correct. Okay. Um, there, there's always going to be deals where you get, you know, you get smoking home runs. I've heard yeah. of people, you know, knocking out a few hundred thousand. I've never did a hundred thousand one. I think the highest one I ever did was like forty five thousand assignment fee or some shit like that. But it, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, what is something worth? What you're willing to pay. That's right. If I have a property in San Diego and you're my investor there, Brandon, you know, what's it worth? Whatever you're willing to pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're willing to pay a million and the guy next to you is willing to pay a hundred thousand, then I guess yeah. it's worth money. Just to kind of like get, get newbies excited to, to see like what they could potentially be making with no money out of their own pocket is pretty. Well, and that, that's the great thing is that you have an infinite return, especially yeah. with my system where I teach you how not to, how to you get deals without putting any marketing money, but whatever that return is, is going to be infinite. Yeah. And let's say that you're making $2,000 per wholesale deal. You're not limited to one wholesale deal a month or a week or a day. You can wholesale as much as you fucking want, wherever yeah. you want. And that's the great thing about wholesale. Now, after you talk to the title company, they get the um, prelim for you and everything all together, then are, are you creating like a packet that you can send out to your investors? Hell no. no? So you're just, <laughs> you're just showing them the deal, be like, you do your own due diligence, you let oh. me know if you're interested? Yes, I don't, I don't spend time. So one of the things that I teach my students, one of the things that I really um, believe in is I don't create these big, massive lists. Yeah. Sometimes you hear these wholesalers and they're like, my list is 50,000, a hundred thousand. That's great. And you're going to find a bunch of idiot buyers in those lists. That's right. I mean, these are people that are going to overpay. They're going to do one or two deals, get lose out. And then you never hear from them. We're and, driving crazy. <laughs> well, yes. And, 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 and at that point you're constantly working to continually build that list because you're constantly replacing people on that list. What I do is I have a small list of buyers so they know, they know what they're getting into and I don't do any of the homework for them. I mean, that's not my job. I don't, 
I forward them pictures. I forward them address. Yeah. If I happen to have any information. So sometimes I might wholesale a wholesale deal. Somebody might bring me a deal and say, Hey bro, I know, I know you do a lot of flipping. So check this out. And for whatever reason, at this point, I'm just not looking to do a flip or all my money's tied up or whatever. Yeah. I'll wholesale it to somebody and I'll just forward out the information. So I don't, I don't, I don't go in there. I don't create a packet. I just, I give them the, I give them the pictures, information. And then if there happens to be a lockbox on the property, I give them that code to, to go take a look at it. Okay. So do you give any videos of, or kind of like breakdown of like any issues to expect or nine times out of 10, are they uh, viewing the property themselves? Yeah, I don't, as I said, I don't, you don't have to do any of that, man. Yeah. You don't, because at the end of the day, if you brand that on the wholesaler bringing me the deal, I don't fucking believe you. Yeah. I don't believe your estimates because you're a dumbass wholesaler. Yeah, of course. You don't know this shit. Yeah. You're still a wholesaler. You're still learning. Yep. You don't know how much it's going to take. You don't know how long it's going to take. A lot of, a lot of wholesalers make this mistake where they're like, I got this deal, $10,000. Like it's a $10,000. You just add 10 put $10,000 in it and you're good to go. Yeah. $10,000 don't do shit. When you're rehabbing a property, $10,000 doesn't go anywhere. Mm. So you have to really understand the value. So if you come up to me and you tell me, oh man, the, the house is this big. It's got this many rooms. It's uh, you know, it, it only needs this much. I don't believe your ass anyway. Yeah. And, and if you're the investor taking down the property as a fix and flipper, you shouldn't believe what other people tell you. You need to verify that because right. at the end of the day, it's going to be either your money or your investor's money, hard money, lender's money, whatever's money going to be online. So you need to verify that. And because of that, I don't waste my, I don't waste the time. I don't, I don't give my people, here's what the ARV is because that's always inflated. Every fucking wholesaler does the same thing because they're stupid and they don't know. They'll go on Silo or they, they go on the MLS. They choose the highest comp and say, this is what the ARV is. Not even so considering that what type of rehab is, and not even considering what the size is, not yeah. considering a bunch of different things. So anyway, as, the, as when I wholesale, I don't do any of that information. Guys, I provide pictures, I provide address, if I happen to know the, the square foot and bedrooms. And then that's it, purchase price. You know, I think it actually helps to your advantage by not giving so much because when you start, when you give the comps and all this other stuff, you start losing credibility with the investor once they actually run their own. Once they verify. Yeah. I mean, they're always going to run their own due diligence and verify. And then if they start, you know, a couple of red flags keep coming up, then they're like, I don't even trust this guy. They get a bad name for the wholesalers and, and they don't use to, it. If you were to wholesale me a deal and send me your comps, yeah. And air, air quotes out there, comps, right? And then I verified and they're nowhere near. I don't believe anything you ever say. And exactly. your emails are automatically going to go on my spam. I guarantee you. That's right. That's I so good. My, I don't even send my people emails. Yeah. I send them a, tick, a text message. Because what I do is I build relationships with my buyers. But for that reason, as I said, I don't get into it. And I don't suggest if you're a newbie uh, wholesaler or even if you're a wholesaler, I don't suggest you go in there and put comps because your comps aren't worth the shit. Yeah. Only my comps are what my realtor tells me. You know, I'm having to verify them anyway. I'm still going to have to go look at them anyway. So don't waste your time doing that. Don't waste your time telling me, hey, if you just add some square footage, you're going to be able to make money. Fuck you. Because yeah. well, you don't know what that means. You don't know how much cost that is. 
and you're just making up some number of some comp that you saw. Exactly. So the bare minimum, I mean, the, the overall key to this is like the bare minimum will really be the gold in the situation. And people like complicated. Yeah. Um, when you don't, so if you're, if you're working a regular nine to five job right now, you're, you're, you're watching branding, you're watching Brian over here and you're like, man, I wish I could do what they do. And then you start fucking justifying it in your head. Well, the reason why is because that's gotta be very complicated. I mean, it's gotta, you probably gotta know your stuff. But you know how many people come up to me and be like, man, you do a lot of fix and flips, bro. You must really know construction. I'm like, I don't know shit about construction. I don't know <laughs> shit about material costs. I don't know shit about labor. I don't know shit about dealing with workers. I don't know shit about any of that. I don't need to. And that's where a lot of people fuck up. That's where a lot of people, it's like they're, um, that's how what holds them from even starting is that, oh, I don't know. And I, and I just, I, I wouldn't be able to find out because it's just so complicated. And, yeah. and as you mentioned, it's really not. And, and the less complicated you make it, the better it's going to work for you. I think, I think it's just that fear factor. Like so many people uh, just live in fear, unfortunately. And, and it's the unknown that they're scared of. So, you know, after you get your first, your second, your third real estate deal, then you'll build that confidence. And then it'll actually just start being like, oh, you know, that, that was a lot easier than I was anticipating. And, and then that's, it's, that's why I said earlier, the wolf in your head yeah worse than the wolf in real life that's right imagine that's every true. single time that you looked at something you know I, I i like to go hiking a lot here in phoenix and i always use hiking as a metaphor because when you first start hiking you look up that top of the mountain you're like god damn that is far that's going to take a long time you know you start hiking now now your your leg your feet is getting tired you're you're getting short on breath you're like oh man like when are we going to get there but before you know it you get there and once you're up there, you're like, oh, this wasn't that bad. Yeah. Beautiful, too. Not only is it beautiful, but you're like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to yeah, be. Rewarding. I yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it wasn't easy, no. but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Of course. And, uh, you know, you had mentioned, you had asked me earlier about education. Yeah. And you asked me where I got my education. And honestly, I, I didn't, as I mentioned, I didn't have any money. Yeah. So I couldn't buy any of the courses. I couldn't pay any mentors. I couldn't sign up for any of the like Renata's type groups. Um, I couldn't do any, anything like that. So <clears throat> I leveraged creativity and I, and I, and I very quickly learned the power of working for free. Mm. Okay. Uh, I knew for a fact that I wanted to be in the industry. Excuse me. I knew for a fact that I wanted to be in the industry and I met somebody um, that said, Hey man, I can't pay you anything unless you get a deal. Um, you, you got to pay your own gas. You, it's going to be your own time. You got to do these things on yourself. I can just kind of give you a little bit of guidance as to what you should say. And, yeah. and even then, like the investor never talked to me directly. He, he had his guy who was dealing with uh, like the drivers or whatever. And, and that was, that was how I got into the business. Okay. I remember that I used to, I didn't have a computer at that time. I didn't have a printer or a fax machine at that time. So I had to drive about 45 minutes one way to pick up the paperwork, to, to go to the office, pick up paperwork, to drive back 45 minutes back to my side of town because that's where I was going to be door knocking. And, and door knocking is just like what it sounds. I was literally had a list of, of people there that were, in this case, was pre-foreclosure, but you can door knock for whatever different lead sources you want. And they was like, hey, man, you want to sell your property? So yeah, it was working for free. And honestly, guys, working for free will be the, the biggest
biggest return on investment that you can make. You can learn shit that people charge you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just by working for free for them. Or they might even, you know, you, you're not only going to learn that, but you're probably going to learn more deeper in-depth stuff that they don't go into. Yeah. You get to see the inner workings of how they work and how it actually works. I'm, you can I'm definitely take all the books, you can take all the courses, but it's yeah. not till you get in the actual field that you that where you start learning. Getting out in the field, I mean, everybody learns differently, but for me personally, I, I was the same exact way. I started off with um, with door knocking. I was recruited because I, I was good at door knocking with another company, and we were going after NODs, so notice of defaults, and um, and yeah, I mean, it's being out in the field and getting that that hands-on experience is, is definitely where you'll have the most growth and and you know learning curves will be knocked around but you'll you'll get further a lot a lot quicker having that a lot of, of people are very scared of that a lot of people are very scared of failing a lot of people are very scared of being knocked around i used to have a a, a saying that it was it was funny in my head just to make me feel better about shit but i'd be like man I, my ass is made out of rubber because every time I fell down, I just, boom, just bounced right back up. I and, love it. It was, and it was a great way to get past the, the rejection portion. If you're doing door knocking, you're going to get a lot of go fuck yourselves, get a, get a real job, stop <laughs> bothering me. You guys are a bunch of assholes. You guys are a bunch of pests. You guys are a bunch of vultures. You know, you're going to get all of that all the time. Well, expand that out in real estate, and that's the way that it's always, there's always going to be possibilities of failure. As you go from a wholesaler to an investor, now your level of risk is higher. Now your failure, um, if, if you were to fail as a wholesaler, eh, you know, you may put a few thousand dollars into marketing, no harm, no foul. If you fail as, as a fix and flipper, man, you might have got yourself into a whole heap of hurt. And as you continue to go up into the building, you know, as now I'm doing multifamily, I'm buying apartment complexes. If you fail on that, that's a whole different level of hurt. But none of I wouldn't be able to get to buying apartment complexes had I not took the first step in, and said, you know what, it's okay if I fail. Yeah. Actually, getting knocked around is going to be good for me at this point. That's where you I, learn. I, I remember, uh, and I don't know why, man, I always talk about this shit, and I don't know why I remember I was watching Ninja Turtles with my nephew, who's now 17. He must have been like one or two at the time. And it was a Ninja Turtles cartoon DVD. And the, the narrator in the, in the front was Master Splinter. And it was like the beginning of the episode. And, and he said, in the road of life, when given two choices, always take the harder road. And I don't know why it stuck with me, but it did. And as I go now, I look at it. You know, the, the harder the things are initially the better the payoff is going to be in the back end. The harder the things are, because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. That's right. If it was really as simple as me just saying, hey, you need to sell your house. Uh, here's a piece of paper and let me go freaking make some money. Everybody would be doing it. You know, if it was as simple as going to get a real estate license, posting on Facebook, hey guys, I'm a realtor. Let me know if you need to buy or sell anything. Everybody would be doing it and everybody would be successful, but it's not. So with that being said, though, you have to rebel and, and take pleasure in the fact that it's not easy because that means that there's a lot less competition. That means that there's a lot less people that you have to deal with. That means that you're going to be dealing with a smaller elite group of individuals because most people can't even make it through the 
trenches to get there. But I do tell this to all my students, and I do, I do want to make this if you're a newbie. Be careful what you wish for, motherfucker. If you <laughs> say, I want to be my own boss, I be careful it. what you wish for. Because it, you're, it's going to happen. It's going to come. You're going to get fired. You're going to have to quit for some reason. Now you're going to be on your own. Then you're going to have to be struggling and figuring it out. And it, and it sucks in the beginning. It's really, it's a, it's a process that you go through. Uh, not only the financial process, because you don't know where your money's coming from, the, the, the family, social aspect of it. All your friends are working a regular nine to five job. They're like, hey man, how's it going over there? How's that little business venture of yours going? Because the first few years, it might take you a little bit. You know, some people come running off the gates. Most people, it takes a little bit to get started because of that old programming that you have in your mind. Yeah. And, and it's very easy to want to go back to corporate America if the first year of your real estate career doesn't go the way that you planned that it would be in your head. Cause you're like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to put some signs, put some bandit signs out there. I'm going to get all tons of leads. I'm going to make ten, twenty thousand $20,000 per deal. Oh man, it's going to be great. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's very easy to go back. But if you start the process knowing that it's going to be a roller coaster, if you start the process knowing that you're going to get things up, if you start the process knowing that all these years, they're of hard work of things not going your way are going to pay off hugely in the back end. And that's why a book that I always recommend to everybody, especially my students is the compound effect the because compound it's effect. little tiny things, the compound effect by Darren Hardy, highly, highly, highly recommended because it teaches you that it's these little things that go unnoticed that will eventually produce the biggest results and sustainable results in the back end. I love it. It's awesome. Um, so I do have a couple more questions before we wrap everything up. Uh, as far as your buyers list, I know that you said that you keep it to a minimum. How many, how many, uh, what does that list look like? My buyers list is probably seven or seven or so people. I love it. Yeah. Now yeah. How, how did you and build those relationships? Yeah, it's probably a little bit, probably closer to five. And, and, the, and what I have, so here's the way that I structured my deals is I, I blocked, I found a wholesale deal. I would put it out to my buyers. Now within those five to seven buyers, I know what each individual is looking for. Yep. So I know that if you're, you might be, you know, you might be somebody who's like, Hey dude, I'm not going to look at anything less than a 200,000 or $300,000 house. Don't send me that shit. Um, or my, the guy right next to you might be like, Hey dude, don't send me anything over 200,000. I only deal in the smaller sectors. So I know what my people are looking for. Plus I know what they're willing to do. I know which ones are willing to buy complete fire damage. I know which ones are willing to have the capability of doing that. And I know which ones are not willing to do that. So I reach out to my buyers. I put it out there. If I don't get a bite within the first day or so, then I have a separate list of five or so wholesalers that I really, really trust that we can work with. And basically what I tell them is say, Hey man, I got this deal. I know it's a good deal. None of my buyers are biting right now. Can you put it out to your buyers? Or actually, do you know, do you have any buyers that might be interested in them? You know, do me a favor. Don't blast it out. Just if you have any buyers that you know, this fits the criteria, let's send it out to them and see if they might be interested and we'll just split the deal 50, 50. Yeah. Okay. I, I make my stuff very simple and I make it a win-win for everybody. My buyers know that when they deal with me, they don't deal with bullshit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not bringing them a property that, that I can't, that I can't deliver. 
So how did, how did you find these, uh, these buyers, like your buyer list? How, how did you build the relationship with these guys? Are these just regular investors that have been crushing it for a while and then you kind of, you, you stepped in, you saw them? Uh, everything that I do comes from networking. Yeah. I, I, will, I will tell you personally and I will tell all your listeners that networking, networking, networking will provide you the highest ROI, higher than any marketing you can do. Now, the reason why people don't like networking is because it's the long game. You know, you can, you can put out uh, some mailers, you can put out a bandit sign and get a deal this week. Networking, you're not going to get a deal this week. Maybe you may, you may get a deal this week from networking, but for the most part, it's the longer effect. Yeah. However, the, the payoff on the back end is fucking amazing. Man. Yeah. And every buyer that I have has come from network. That these are people that I used to put out bandit signs for. These are people that I met at different events. These are people that that uh, approach me or or we meet through uh, social media. These are people that were brought to me by other people in my network. Yeah. I network all the time. Sometimes people, I network with people that are not in, well, not sometimes, I all the time I network with people that are not in my industry. And But they'll bring me people that are, are in my industry. Yeah. So when I have these, these buyers, that's all I have. I know what they like. I, I, I provide them. And, and when I was first started wholesaling, I didn't have access to the MLS. I, I couldn't comp any profit. So what I did is I had a, I had a core three, three buyers and I told them, I told them the, the exact same thing to every single one of them. Here's the thing. I'm brand new. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I need you to help me. So what I'm willing to do is I'm willing to offer you a chance to see my properties first, but I need you to do two things for me. If you're going to buy it, oh, first of all, I need an answer within 24 hours. So if you're going to buy it, I need to know yes or no. And if you tell me no, I need to know why that way I can learn yeah. that way I can learn why if it's too high, it's in a bad neighborhood. You know, this might be a neighborhood that's constantly being broken into that. I didn't know about, but you know about because you've been flipping and doing stuff longer than I have. And, and I, and it, it worked out these relationships. I was able to network with them, but more than anything, I was able to learn. So I offered them an opportunity to get access to my deals first for information. Okay. As I started getting better and better at this, they now knew that I wasn't going to be bullshitting them. Yeah. They now knew that they, they coached me as the way that they wanted. Of course. So that's how I build my buyers list. And, and as I said, I prefer like to keep it short because I don't want to be dealing with a whole bunch of buyers. I don't want to be people like, Hey man, I'll give you an extra $5,000 if you sell it to me. I don't yeah. work that way. You know, I, I just, I work in the honor system. And I was able to leverage, once again, creativity. Creativity. Yeah. I didn't have access to the MLS. I didn't have, I couldn't comp anything. I knew that you knew. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer you to bring you my, my, my deal first. So you know that you know you're getting that benefit. Yeah. And when you're dealing with investors, man, if there's one thing that they like better than a good deal is getting that deal first before anybody else fucking hears about it. That's right. You know, yeah. I really love it. Scratch their back, they scratch your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so true. But when uh, when you're up front, you play that honor system uh, type of role. And when you're up front with them, tell them, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just getting started. I'm not sure. But if you could do me a favor, you know, and give me some feedback on this deal and just be real upfront and blunt with them, like I don't have access to the MLS right now. So you let me know if this is a good deal or not. 
you know, the, what's funny is still to this day, I don't have access to the MLS. Yeah, you're just throwing them out. <laughs> There's always, I have access to people who have access to the Yeah, MLS. yeah, of course. But it, it's awesome how you can, you know, people, people respect that drive and that honesty, that upfrontness, because so many other people are BSing just because the, the, they're, they're going to get taken advantage of. Everybody's full of shit in this industry. Everybody's yeah. full of shit in general, yeah. especially in real estate. Everybody's pretending to be more than what they are. Yeah. People love to walk around and pretend like they have more money than they have, make more money than they do. You know, a lot of times you see these flippers posting checks. That's not how much profit they made, motherfucker. Most of that money's not even theirs. Most of that money belongs to their other investors who had helped them come in. But they don't tell you all that stuff. So a lot of times people are like, oh, man, I need to do all these things. And it doesn't work that way. Mm. If you look, human interaction is simple. We complicated because in our head, we believe that you have to be this thing. Yep. You just come up to somebody and be like, look, man, I'm broke as shit. I don't know what I'm doing. You seem to know what you're doing. I want to be like you. I'm willing to, I'm willing to fucking follow you with the goddamn notebook. If you just let me, you want me to go buy you some coffee? You want me to go run your coffee? You want me to run your goddamn uh, laundry? Like yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But most people aren't willing to do that. Most people's ego gets in the way. So if you just put yourself up front, man, it is, it is amazing not only how easier the process gets mentally because now you're not having to pretend to be this person while you're really this person, mm -hmm. but the people that are out there, the, the investors, the people that are above you, now they want to help you because you're like, you know what, that Brian guy, man, that Brian guy is honest. Yeah. It, dude, it's been an insane ride for me. I, I told you, 2008, I went to corporate America. 2009, in the beginning of the recession, I was like, fuck this, I can't stand it. I, and real estate was down, so I started a bandit sign company. Yeah. Uh, basically offering bandit sign services to place bandit signs for investors. A lot of those people that used to hire me back in that time to do bandit signs for them, I have either surpassed them or got to the same level that they're at at this point. Wow. And it's because of the networking that I did. And I, I had about a month ago, it just so happened that I had to have lunch with three of these old investor clients of mine in one weekend. And they all told me the same thing. They were like, dude, we knew you were different because you were just honest. You just told us what you were doing. That's and right. you have done every single thing that you said. And, and one thing that they said, which I, which I hope that your audience uh, captures is, they were like, we noticed that you just shut up, looked, and paid attention. Mm. It's so important to, to be quiet during certain times to like just soak it all in and listen to the to the seller, whatever it may be. And actually, you know what? I got this right over here. I know this is for your for your video audience, but I'll say it for your audio. It says, "Learn from the mistakes of others because you don't have the time to make them all yourself." That's or right. something along those lines, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's pretty damn close. Or to make them all yourself. Uh, that's what I did. That's what I did when I was sitting there and I was learning from these investors. They, you know, they, they were still human. They were still making mistakes. Yeah. So I was learning. Not only not only was I learning what to do, but I was learning what not to. Do. Mm -hmm. So even though I never paid for formal education, I paid for education with a lot of my fucking time, a lot of my sweat, a lot of my uh, effort and a lot of just shutting the fuck up and taking notes. Taking mental notes. I don't want to get in. I don't want to get in IRS trouble like that guy. Let me hire an accountant before I start making money. 
Because yeah. this motherfucker didn't hire till after the fact. You know what? I don't want to get stuck in, in doing these deals because this guy decided that it was a good idea to start building new bills. And now he's in over his head. And now he just wants to sell his company and go back to wholesaling or flipping. Yeah. Let, me, let, me not, let, me, let me not go down that road. Yeah. A lot of different things of learning what to do, but learning what not to do. I love it. I want to talk about leads for a second and see, you know, how, how are you bringing in these leads? Um, as I mentioned, dude, everything that I do is through networking. Yeah. So I, I, I believe networking, networking, networking solves every single problem. Okay. In the reality of things, I have not put, uh, I, I did one deal through a bandit sign many years ago and that was it. I have not done any marketing whatsoever in my whole career. I ran a wholesale company for a better part of five years with doing no marketing whatsoever. Wow. And basically all that came from networking. And so now, now you teach that as well to your students? Yes. I teach them the specifics of how to network. You know, I'm, I'm giving you guys a general outline of, of what it is. And, and the reason why is because I know most of you motherfuckers aren't going to do it anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Even the people that pay me, most of these motherfuckers don't do it anyway. You know, like you know what's sad about what that? So, so many people, they, they talk like they want it, but at the end of the day, they want that like magic quick pill. And just like you said, the two different roads, like they, a lot of people rather take that easy road instead of, you know, going down, putting that sweat equity in, whatever it may be. To, I, to really I, mentioned the, I mentioned the book, The Compound Effect. Yeah. And in The Compound Effect, chapter one is called The Microwave Mentality. And right. it talks about how people have that microwave mentality where they just want that instant gratification. And that's where the gurus really, really um, capture on these yeah. people's thing. They, they say, hey, man, you know, all you have to do is put out some bandit signs and you're going to get a, somebody calling you and then you're going to sign this contract. and You're going to make $10,000 just like Joe did. Yeah. Well, they, they give examples of like their current progress when they get to a certain level in, in, your, in your career of, you know, doing it for so many years. You will get kind of lay down deals or, or quick just like home runs out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's what I got right now, that $10,000 deal that I got. Yeah. It was basically a lay down deal. It was a realtor who knew that I bought from a friend. She brought me the deal. I said, I can't buy it at that price. Get it to me at the, this price. Came back a few weeks later, said, I'll get it to you at this price. And yeah. I wasn't interested in flipping it myself. So I just wholesaled. That came from many years of experience. That came from exactly. many years of collections from, from my buyer that bought it from the, late, from the person that introduced me to this realtor, yeah. sent the realtor my way. Those, these, these both individuals on, on, the, on the acquisition and on the sales sides were people that I have been dealing with for many years. And that's what I'm telling you. Networking is how I get most of my deals. So I grew up ghetto. I grew up in the ghetto. I mentioned that before. Yeah. So because of that, I had this analogy. It's a lot easier to get drugs from a drug dealer than a drug user, right? And what I mean by that is that in this analogy, the homeowner is the drug user. They only have a limited amount of what you want, which is houses. So if you're, if you, Brandon, if you're a seller, I'm going to come to you and I, I'm going to reach you through one of my mailing campaigns, right? And you say, yeah, man, I want to sell my property. Great. Worst case scenario, I get one house from you, right? You have, you have a house. Best case scenario, you may have two or three houses and even, even a better case scenario, you might refer me to somebody. 
Yeah. The reality of that happening are slim to none past the first one. You know, past that first initial deal, that you're we're probably not going to do business together. Now, it's uh, that's not 100% true all the time, but for the most part. So why do I want to waste my time finding people like you? Why can't why can't I find people like me who are currently investing, fixing and flipping, being in the game for so long? I have access to a lot of properties all the time. There's going to be times where I don't have money to do a flip or I don't want to do a flip in that area or it's it's too too high for me or too low for me. Um, I just, I don't feel like dealing with it at that time. I feel like taking a fucking vacation. You know what? I feel like making, instead of putting money on the line and, and trying to make a $30,000 check on a flip, I, I can probably make a quick five by selling it to my buddy over here and have him, you know, there's been times, I, I swear to God, this one time, a good friend of mine who I knew when I first started in the business said, here, VP, I got a deal for you. I'm making about 50,000 on the wholesale. And I think there's probably about another 10,000 that you could make. Um, I really like you. Just just go and make that ten thousand. Look, this motherfucker literally. She she literally would have just took a ten thousand dollar check and gave it to me. Yeah. I mean, that's what she did. She took ten thousand dollars out of her account and gave it to me by giving me this opportunity to sell this deal. Yeah. And all my deals come from networking. So I network with everybody. I network with individuals who are currently buying. I network with other wholesalers. I network with other individuals, realtors, other people that. People like, the, like I said in my example, the drug dealers, the people that are, that are constantly surrounded. If you're a drug user, you're, the only time you're around drugs in general is when you're buying it from your dealer or when you're at you know, your home by yourself. But if you're a drug dealer, most likely you know other drug dealers, you hang around with other drug dealers, you're constantly, you know, you're, you're more involved in that world. And the same thing goes for real estate. The mom and pop sellers, yes, you're going to make a bigger spread by dealing with the mom and pop sellers. The one that's closest to the seller makes the most amount of money, but you're going to constantly be searching for a new seller. I need a new seller. I need a new one to replace this old one where I just build relationships throughout time. And these people continuously bring me deals because they know that I'm the guy that closes. So just like my buyers know that I'm not going to bring them any bullshit deals, Anybody who sells me a deals or brings me a deals, they know that I only work with solid buyers or if I'm going to buy it myself, I've never once not closed on a deal that I put under contract. I love it. So I can walk around with that confidence and say, hey, Brandon, you're a new guy. I met you at the, at the local RIA meeting. Uh, you know, you seem like a good guy. You seem like a good hustler. If you ever find any deals, bring them my way, bro. Let's, let's do some deals together. I mean, either I'll buy them and if I, if I can't buy them at the time, I know tons of buyers and I can help you sell them. Yeah. I just worked my way into a deal. Now let's say that that's a $10,000 deal and we split down the middle. I just made five grand for doing this shit. Like yeah, connecting yeah. phones upside down. Yeah. And I have literally done that. I had a guy bring me a deal. He said, Hey man, I got this deal for you. I was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll I, I can sell it. No big deal. Um, sold it within an hour. My, my seller, uh, another wholesaler calls me and he's like, hey man, uh, his name is John. John's like, hey John, uh, hey VP, uh, did you sell that property? Yup, hey, did you sell that to, to our buddy Mike? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know Mike too? He's like, yeah, I know Mike. He's like, do you know Mike was gonna be my next phone call? I was like, oh well, I mean, I, I called him. I made $7,500 on that deal by connecting two people who already fucking knew each other. Yeah. Because the seller knew that I was solid he brought it to me first. That's right. 
And I knew at this case that my buddy Mike was as solid as a buyer, so I brought it to him first. But the same seller, John, brought me a separate deal one time. I had same thing, sold it within an hour, calls me later on that day. He's like, dude, did you just sell this shit to Alex? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you know that I've been trying to get a hold of Alex for the last two weeks? I've been calling him and texting him, and he hasn't responded to me. So I made $5,000 that time. That relationship I, built. He already knew. Because Alex knew me, he That's knew right. me better. Yeah. This is the great thing about the business. This is not what you know. It's who you know. But more importantly, who knows them, you? Well, not only who knows you, but how do you know them? Yeah, exactly. So it's not what you know, but who you know. But more importantly, how you know them. That's if right. me, you know the same investor, but I've done a lot more deals with them, he's going to pick up the phone first when I call it. Of course. If, I, if, I've, if I've had a beer with somebody, if I've gone watch a baseball game with somebody, if I've had a smoke with somebody, if I've had a meal with somebody, all these people, that's how you build these relationships that you can then turn into money. And, and you know, I don't do any marketing. All of my marketing time, all of my time is spent building relationships and continuing to build relationships with other people. And in that like analogy, the drug dealers, but basically yeah, yeah. other people that have access to multiple real estate deals. So, um, I, so we got to wrap this up a little bit, but so if, if you wouldn't mind, kind of just give like a little bit of background. I probably should have did this in the very beginning, but, um, <laughs> some, of, some of like, uh, your successes thus far and, and where you're going in the future. Like what, what are your plans moving forward? Uh, yeah. So as I said, I started off as a wholesale wholesaler, my very, uh, and I started off working with other people. Yeah. My first big success was getting my very own official wholesale deal all by myself. It was a $5,000 check. It was the most money that I had made uh, by myself at that point. How many and wholesales have you done so far or like flips as well? <laughs> wholesales, I have no idea. Flips, yeah. I have no idea either. So yeah, from going from wholesaling to jumping into flipping, that, that was about a four-year process. Okay. Uh, getting my first flip in contract and then actually finishing my first flip was a huge, huge uh, notch on my belt, but learning how to run multiple flips. Uh, I've, turned, I've tuned it all down because I moved into multifamily, but last year at my height, I was running about 15 flips at a time, um, okay. going simultaneously. And we just, I, I locked everything down. I created a system. My, it required very little of me. So being able to create a system and being able to travel the world while still having my flips going was, it was an amazing, highlight for me and then moving into the multifamily realm which is what I'm doing right now uh, in last June I, I paid to go to a class to learn about buying and holding multifamily by November or so I already had my first property allocated under contract uh, by January the first week of January I had purchased my first multifamily with no money out of my pocket I love uh, that, that was a huge, huge thing. I was able to create cash flow for myself. There's going to be some appreciation, forced appreciation by raising the rents, the NOI, dropping expenses, all kinds of other things that we're going. And my investors are able to make uh, money. My, my best friend lent me, the, lent me the money that we needed to purchase this property uh, because we were able to get seller financing. And he's, he's getting a killer return compared to where he would have got anywhere else. And he owns half of the apartment complex with me. 
So that was everybody. Everybody's getting a piece, and everybody's getting a piece, man. And that's one thing that I've learned about this business. You know, if you take care of people, people will take care of you. And it's all about taking care of each other and and everybody eating. You know, I've I've never. I would rather have ten percent of a thousand pies than one hundred percent of one pie. That's the way that I've always worked. And and honestly, right now the. The big thing we just did is me and my business partner, Chris Ontiveros, who I believe you'll be having on your show here soon. And I think we're going to be doing a joint show also with you as Flip Guys. Uh, But anyway, we just closed on an apartment complex in Arkansas. So we we put it in our minds. We said we're going to be moving the direction of our companies into this thing. We started a a company together was specifically to buy cash-flowing apartment complexes. And uh, we found one in Arkansas. We did the whole thing. We went out there to check it out. Finally wrapped it up. So that's a that's a huge, huge thing in ours. So as what we're going for the future, going to continue building up my multifamily portfolio. It's it's I to me, I found that it's a great way to not only create cash flow right now, create it creates a good return for your investors. You can help out a lot of people that really don't know how to how to do anything other than put their money in their mutual funds or stock market, get yeah. them a much better return. So all your friends and family, man, you could hook them up by just investing the money that they have anyway. That's uh, right. And then more than anything though, it's just creating cash flow for me to be able to live my, my life passively. I'm a I'm I'm a huge traveler. I mean actually uh, me and Chris are going to Haiti here August 3rd. We're gonna be there for two weeks helping out an orphanage. I love traveling the world. That's that's my biggest thing. And um, cash flow, passive income, financial freedom is really my goal here for the next few years. I love it, man. Cool. So, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me through Facebook. I'm I'm a very accessible guy. I post about all my deals for the most part. I'm I'm very open about my daily life. So, B R A Y A N D is how you spell my name. Uh, once again, B R A Y A N D, last name P O N C I A N O. If you just want to send me a friend request, uh, make sure that if you send me a friend request and you heard from me from this podcast, make sure you also send me a message saying, "Hey, man, I I heard you on the Brandon Elliott uh, show there, and yeah. uh, you know that that's right, that's where I heard about you from." Because I've been getting, I'm, I'm reaching my uh, limit yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of people there. But I like to, I like to be everything. I like to keep everything open. So that's the easiest way for people to get a hold of me. Uh, if you have any, um, if you have any deals that you want to talk about, if you want to talk about the mentorship, if you want to get access to us, and then the second way that people can get a hold of us is, as I mentioned, me and my business partner, we run a Facebook live show that will be turning into a podcast here soon. It's called the AZ Flip Guys. And it's Friday at noon. Friday at noon, yeah, that's when we do. So through the AZ Flip Guys, uh, we we run a show called Flipping Fridays, and we do that every Friday at noon. It's a live show where we talk about a whole bunch of different topics, mainly real estate, and we do it live, and we, we open it up for questions. So anybody could come in from newbies. I mean, we have, we've had many, many newbies to people that are experienced. You can come in, and you can not only share your experiences, talk about what we're talking about, if you're a newbie, you can ask questions, but more importantly, you can actually go through our catalog and we have, we've covered everything from getting started to wholesaling, to flipping, to raising money, to buying apartment complexes, to gap funding, to 
hard money lending to private money lending. Uh, we, we cover mindset. We cover all kinds of stuff. You got it all. I love it. <laughs> so you can reach out to me personally or you can check out my page, AZ Flip Guys. And we are going to be having you on the show here uh, shortly. So hopefully we can, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have you there. We'll let, we'll let your audience know. Uh, but you'll be definitely part of the AZ Flip Guys show so you can see how it is that, that we do here. But um, that's how you can get a hold of me. You can either reach me through personally or reach me through the AZ Flip Guys. I love it, brother. Brian, thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time and, um, and, you know, just pouring in value. This was a great episode for, you know, just diving into wholesaling along with all the other creative. I just um, remembered I had recently uh, switched out my handle on Instagram at cashflow creator. Okay. Okay. Uh, follow me there. <laughs> yeah, but man. No, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity, Brandon. Uh, one of the things that I believe, as I mentioned to you, I came from nothing. I came from absolutely nothing and I have struggled every single way up this ladder. And, and it's not even a struggle. It's just a challenge. It's, it's yeah. struggle, struggle is a bad word. But anyway, I've come all the way up there and, and I believe that it's my duty to give back. I, as I tell people for my coaching program, I don't, I don't need your fucking money. I, I honestly, I just charge you so I can get your attention. Yeah. And honestly, the only reason why I'm doing this is because I love to give back. There's got to be a pain point behind it. So exactly. It, and it, and it, even it, through the AZ Flip guys, that, that's why we do it. We don't pitch anything. We don't sell anything. Yeah. It's just it's a way for me and Chris to be able to give back. So I believe that once you reach a certain level, it's your duty to give back and help other people start reaching their dreams too. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate right. it. Guys, appreciate thank you guys all so much for uh, tuning in. Um, do me a favor. If you found value in this, uh, share this content, get it out there to a bunch of people that are interested in getting into real estate and just have those limited beliefs, whatever it may be. So we can, you know, pass on the passion that we have for real estate investing and show them what it's done. Yes, Mark says right here, proceed as if success is inevitable. That's right. That's just right. Know, just know that it is. Don't stop. Keep it going. Brandon, pleasure being on your show, man. I hope yeah. your audience got a lot of great information from this. I hope to hear from you, and I look forward to having you on my show, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Guys, you can always reach me, um, all social media, Brandon Elliott Investments, or um, you can check out the website, brandonelliottinvestments.com. Till next time, guys, God bless. Have a good one. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.